you like Oyster World? Do you think I have a sexy radio voice? If you do, or like to just support the show, I have a very important ask of you. Go ahead and pause this episode, and don't worry, I'll be right here when you get back, and rate and review the show. For a growing podcast like this one, ratings are excruciatingly helpful to get us up the rankings and increase our audience of global citizens. You can do this by going to whatever platform you get your podcasts, whether it be iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever you use. Search for Oyster World Radio and leave a rating and review on the main podcast page. I thank you all in advance. It is so incredibly helpful. You are the best audience around, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Oyster World. Oyster World. Radio. Hello, all you oysters out there, and welcome to another episode of Oyster World Radio. And I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, hey, this is a travel podcast. Why are we diving into such tough topics and world issues? I'm here to have some fun. And while sitting on the beach in Ibiza and sipping on a mixed cocktail is very important and an important part of travel, we here at Oyster World want to get you closer to obtaining your global citizenship. And being a citizen of the world means that we have to be aware of the problems we face as a human race. This world will not stop globalizing, so we need to be on top of our game, especially with everything that's going on right now. It is more important now than ever to seek understanding through getting perspectives of others, and that is what today's episode is all about. Today we're going to talk about race. Race has and continues to be a major point of division in this country, and it's hard to gain perspective of people that don't share your race. Mainly because if you're like me and grew up in white middle class suburbia, we don't really talk about race. Mainly because we weren't exposed to it. There wasn't a lot of diversity. Now don't get me wrong, I'm proud of where I came from, but I have to be realistic and admit I don't know a lot about the issue of race and how it negatively affects a lot of people. And that's why I'm grateful for friends like my guest today, Tryu Patel. Tryu and I go way back. He's one of my best friends, and my go-to guy when I go into a deep topic. But that usually happens over beers. So this is the first time I actually got to sit down and talk to him about his experiences of being Indian in modern America. I think what struck me the most was his openness to answer all of my questions on a really difficult topic. Especially when I fumble around with my words like an idiot trying to comprehend something, I haven't quite got my head around. So for everyone listening out there, I hope you not only soak up all of the great things Tryu has to say, but use this conversation as a blueprint in your own life. Talk to your friends. You never know what's going to come out of a conversation. Alright, time for me to get off my soapbox. Please enjoy my conversation with my main man, Tryu Patel. And welcome to the show. Welcome to Oyster World Radio. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, my dude. <laughs> of course, man. Uh, you and I, we, we've we had a lot of fun together over the years, for sure. And I was actually just digging through a lot of the old archives uh, of us in our college days, and I I found I found a lot of shit. <laughs> we look like babies, man. We look like babies back then. Well, yes. We, well, you didn't have the beard, which... <laughs> To me is hilarious because I really only remember you with a beard and <laughs> you lost like 10 years without it. <laughs> it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It's great. I think it's the best, uh, you know, age program, you know, you know, as I get older, hit my mid-year, midlife crisis, 
um, you know, I just shave and I lose like 30 you years. And people, and you're like 24 just, again. People just shoot me. It's a, you know, screw Benjamin Button and his ways. You know, I'm all about just uh, staying at one age, you know, 24, 25 for life, quarter life forever. What so. happens when uh, you shave and then you start getting old? This is uh, nope, never going to happen. Never going to never gonna happen. Nope, never going to happen. Uh, we probably won't like, make it that far. Like the fountain of youth, but fountain of my beard. You Maybe know? if you just shave off sections of your beard. Could you yeah. like go to like a goatee and then like when that stops working, then the mustache and then when that stops working, maybe like a soul patch or something. I'm, trying, I'm thinking about handlebars because then I can play some flowbots by, you know, handlebars, handlebars by flowbots. <laughs> good. I don't, I think that's a completely different handlebars, but we'll take that. <laughs> Nope, nope. I just think about handlebars on a bike. Can't drive my bike with no. I can walk. Are no, you driving your face with handlebars? No handlebars. No handlebars. Oh my yeah. god. So this is this is how a usual conversation for everyone listening out there goes with this person, but that that is not the reason why I have him on. Even though me and him can dive into probably the most ridiculous tangents imaginable, but. He's also you're also my friend that I talk to when I get want to get really deep into into life and events and the world and in tune with the universe. I would say we had a, a many a nights to to five a.m. talking about humanity and physics and the universe and everything like that. So you're the first person that, of course, I go to because I right now in this kind of weird climate and struggling with things that I'm just being exposed to, I would say. And like, I like to use this podcast as a way to talk in a more formal setting about those. But before we get into any of that, I want the people out there to really get to know who the hell you are. You have a really interesting story in itself. And when I first learned about this, and it wasn't, I don't know exactly when, but it blew my mind. But you were born in Zambia, which yep. is, a, which is a South African country. If I, my geography is. It's in South Africa. It's, um, two countries above South Africa. Yeah. So it's not the country of South Africa, but it yeah. is in, it's Southern, in South, Africa. Southern Africa. Yeah. Southern Africa. So tell me a little bit more about that. It's, um, it's always kind of been a mystery to me because you've always said Zambia and you've, and, had them details, but now that I got you on the spotlight, I can kind of deep dive <laughs> a little okay. bit, and you have to tell me. So, what what was uh for for someone in the U.S. and then you hear an African country, the first stereotype stigma that I can think of is that maybe third world third world country setting, which mm-hmm. you know probably is not true. <laughs> so, what yeah. was what was a, a a day in the life in Zambia if you remember? I know you were pretty young. So, I mean, going back to your point, um, the stigma was, the, the, the stereotype is that it's third world country, people are living in huts, they don't have clothes, you know, they're in tribes, they're in villages, and that is not true. It's, it's dependent on where you go in any country in Africa, right? So Zambia itself is more of a, I would say it's more well off. Um, it was part of uh, Rhodesia, which was an English colony. And so, you know, just some background, I, my dad was born in Gabwe, which is north of Lusaka, um, which is the capital of Zambia. My mom was born in Tanzania. 
and you know after my parents went to India they got married they eventually came back to um, they went to Zambia because my dad had a job there and so I, I would I would say Zambia is honestly like if you think of a suburb if you think of Columbus if you think of you know different cities right like just major cities um, I mean it's not as big as New York but it's you know, there's still there's still infrastructure. You know, you have high rises. And so I would say, you know, for me, you know, I was, like you said, just a kid. Right. And so I was going to school. Basically what any kid would want to do. Go outside, play and in trouble and continue playing. That was my <laughs> I got in trouble. I was going to say, because you hinted at this a lot, but then your parents also hinted a lot at this a lot, too, that you were <laughs> you were uh, one hell of a troublemaker back in the day. Yeah. So what time. was uh, what was your, some of your favorite pranks? <laughs> um, make you say uh, it on air. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so for some reason, eh, even still today, right, I love seeing cars get stuck. Like... <laughs> I mean, not not like you know accidents or anything. You know, it's just like when a car's tires are spinning, man. I don't know why. That was just that's just awesome. So, <laughs> so there are two like I would say two main stories I love to remember. So one of my neighbors, he owned a, a clothing business um, in Lusaka, and so my family and I we lived on on a farm, and you can, you know, I'm not the I guess to envision this, you'd look at, um, it's not like that big, the Kansas farm, right? Open giant lands. We lived in, um, in, you could say like a cul-de-sac around farmland. And so in some of the area, uh, we had, um, we had a warehouse. So my neighbor would store his, his clothes and stuff there, right? So he had this giant truck. He'd always drive this giant truck down, you know, we had part of our neighborhood. We had, you know, just dirt roads. And so whenever he would park his, you know, clothes, you know, his truck, you put the clothes in. So, you know, being me being me, right? I like to see trucks get stuck. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so what I would do is I would start digging holes around where he would park. <laughs> and so, like, oh, you know, just imagine that. like this three foot kid, right? Just the giant shovel just going out, no trucks, right? And just start digging holes. So I would dig some holes. And then I would see the truck come, and I would just run outside, outside my place, and I would go towards the, the where I dug the holes, and his truck never got stuck. I was so mad. <laughs> but then I remember specifically one day, it was raining, and what from what I remember, the water was up to up to my chest, so three feet, right? You know, one and a half up. And it's a lot of my, water. Yeah, and so I was inside. My parents weren't there. I think they were work or something like that. And it was just me and my brother, and we had we had nannies. Um, and so, me being the young rascal that I was, I saw my friend, my neighbor's truck, in the water, where my holes were at. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I bolted out. I bolted out of the road, out of the door. Right? My nannies were chasing me, but then I ran up and I saw, I saw the truck, and it was stuck. Man, there was spinning tires. It was great. So it, it was a proud moment. Yeah. <laughs> So that was one. And then the second one, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll keep it short, but, um, we, so my, across the street, my neighbor, um, was having a little party. And so, you know, people's cars were being parked. They were all having a good time. They were inside. It was starting to get dark a little bit. 
I was wanting to be mischievous once again. And so one car, I, I ran up to it and I put rocks all around the tires. <laughs> and, um, and so after I did that, you know, I, I ran back to my place and it got dark. You know, I turned off the lights in the living room and I don't know what my parents said. I can't remember what they said, but you know, I put my head underneath the blinds, had my little toy car with me. And then, you know, as the night it got quiet and then all of a sudden I hear room, room, room. <laughs> <laughs> the car could not move. It was awesome. <laughs> I lost it. It was, that was a great moment. That was a great moment. I don't think my parents knew about that. <laughs> oh man and you know what some things never change no nope. some things never change <laughs> I, I still love seeing cars it's their tires fitting so you know i still have my inner youngness with me so you know i mean there's uh i guess there's worse pranks but that one's pretty good that's a unique one that's like that's a really unique prank that i've never heard before i like it i, I think in my childhood i just did normal ding dong ditching and uh, water ballooning my friends and that was about it but making cars tires spin out that's that's so you yeah. that i mean like i that, that, <laughs> knowing you for all these years that that is so so you it's it it kills me i did dig dong too i did that as well too those are fun times forking yards oh man tping places those are good times good time. <laughs> so i mean uh, that that's one thing is that it sounds like you had a, just a normal you had a normal childhood. Of course, you had a normal childhood. You, yeah. It was in a different country, but it doesn't stop. That it doesn't mean that it's so crazy out there just because it's outside of the U.S. Nope. And I know that as I begin to travel and travel more, that it's stereotypes that were ingrained in my head that are are breaking by meeting people like you. But that was until you're about like seven, and then you guys moved a lot. So we were thinking going between two countries, right? Is United States or UK, right? And so I have a lot of family actually in the UK. I've actually been there about before we moved to the state, before we moved to the States. I'd traveled to UK like seven times just to see my, a lot of my mom's side of family is there. And so that was fun. You'd always go to UK and, you know, I got to see that a little bit. Basically, I got to eat a lot of chocolate because UK is no yeah. chocolate. It's great. And, and then so, between UK and US, we ended up deciding US, just, you know, some personal reasons. Main reason was just parents wanted to move just to either countries for a better life for my brother and I. Education system isn't the best. You know, it's better than most. Um, but yeah, we moved to the US and, yeah, in 99, and I was seven years old. So. Seven years old, and then you also, you kind of scooted around the U.S. for a while, too, before ending up in Columbus, eventually. Yeah, a lot of my dad's side of the family is in the U.S., and so we, we initially flew into um, Michigan, and that's where my aunt was. And then we went to Phoenix, stayed there for a little bit, and actually thought that was going to be the place we were going to reside, just because family there, great area, great weather, it wasn't cold. Dude, I hate cold. It's dumb. Um, <laughs> And then parents couldn't really get the job there, so we ended up going to Griffith, Indiana, where my mom has relatives there. You don't like gold, so you went to Michigan and Indiana and Ohio? Yeah. I picked the and wrong then, spots. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then we went to, we ended up in Cleveland, 
and Cleveland, Ohio. And so we um, stayed there for a little bit and then moved to Worthington, Ohio. So a suburb of Columbus. And we, that's where I went to elementary, middle, high school and college. So, Yep, and then that is where I had the pleasure of meeting you in our scrawny freshman versions of ourselves about yeah. seven years ago, which is insane to think about. Seven years ago. Yeah, almost seven years ago. Man, time is flying by right before my eyes. But And now you just spend the days very much carrying cancer by yourself. And <laughs> I don't know about um, that. <laughs> that's what I that's what I feel like you do whenever I hear about all oh, the cool research that you're doing down there. But that kind of brings me up to the point where I wanted to talk about. So we got to at least got to talk a little bit about pranks and joke around, but this is um this all kind of stemmed from a moment and I talked to you a little bit about this before, but when I went to visit you in in Tucson there, for some reason, you always get pulled over when I'm with you. I don't know why, but you're, <laughs> I, I, well, it, it was only twice, but the only two times that you've been pulled over, I was in the car with you. <laughs> so <laughs> we got pulled over in Tucson. Literally, I got off the plane. We're going home, got pulled over. But I remember, you know, cause being, and this was before, um, I started to pay a lot more attention to what was happening with it, with like the police brutality and all the instances that were going on. But it's, it just, it, it struck me as you you just, it seemed like there was a script that you were following and there was a moment where, you know, you, you were just, your hands were on the wheel, you were sitting up straight and it, it, it kind of struck me as odd, because the, the the demeanor in the entire car had changed to us joking around. Obviously, like you're getting pulled over, but it was way more tense than I thought it would be for me. And I was like, "Whoa, shit!" And that's the first time I saw any kind of racial difference between you and I. To put it, it, I I can't really think of any other words besides that, and it's really hard for me to put into words. Also, um. But that's why I kind of wanted to bring you on and talk to you about it and see more of your experiences and maybe gain a little bit more perspective of um, some other things, especially as like a white, tall, lanky dude. I'm privileged in that way. I never had to think about race in that way. And the more that we started to talk about it, the more I'm like, shit, man, like even even one of my best friends from college that I never even thought about it has to deal with this on a struggle and it's something that I don't see one of the biggest things that hit me was high school you said there was a couple instances in high school and this is kind of where it all started for you so can you kind of explain like that first time that race kind of entered the picture yeah so I would say right elementary middle school I never I never really thought of myself as um having a different color from people you know I I I would say I, I had the, I knew I was from a different culture. Hmm. Um, and so, but I, I think high school is where I, um, I started, I would say, noticing that, you know, people were treating me different based on my skin color. I think the two instances that truly stick out to me are, um, um, these are two Caucasian 
you know, I would say friends, you know, at the time, right? And one of them I would say I'm still friends with on occasion, at least visit. So, you know, set up, it was more like, let's say, junior, senior year, um, you know, I was hanging out with this group of people, um, you know, the way I picture it, you know, one of them was a football player, right, you know, popular, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and some of, when we would go to school lunch, you know, go out for lunch, but, you know, I, they, people were joking around, right? Um, and this said person, you know, pardon my verbiage here, but kept calling me a sand nigger. And, um, that got to me, right? Just, you know, being called, being called that just based on your color of your skin, this, these names, that, that made me take a step back and realize, you know, like, their perspective is different. They're seeing me differently, not for the person inside, but from the outer shell that I am in. And I still remember that person because of that, because they kept calling me that. And, you know, I, I eventually told them, you know, stop calling me that. Yeah, they didn't really listen. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was um, the other person called me a terrorist kept saying, you know, you know, I was brown. I didn't even have a beard, man. Back in the day, I didn't even have a beard. I couldn't bre- grow a beard. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we were in high school. There was a lot of weird things that were going on. Yeah, there's some peach fuzz, I guess. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, this person kept calling me a terrorist. And he was like, I'm just joking, but tick, 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 boom. And, I'm, and I was just like thinking, what is wrong with you? I mean, what is making you think that I am a terrorist. What is making you think that I would do something like that? What is making you think that it's okay to call someone that? And like that brought out again once, you know, that people are starting to stereotype or group people into categories that those said people are not necessarily fit in. People who are brown with a beard or dark skin, right? They're automatically this set person, right? Or this set person. And that was, that was interesting. And that was annoying. That, that one I think hit me a little bit more than being called a sand nigger, right? Because I think terror, being called a terrorist means puts higher magnitude. It, it's on a different magnitude, I would think. Because you're, you're, you're generalizing, you're maybe saying that this set person is not a good person. And, and that, that kind of hurt me. I mean, not kind of, it hurt me. And it made me more aware that I am being considered different, not because of my ideas or the way I treat people, or it was just based on something that I was born with. I'm not yeah. saying I would change it. I'm not saying I would change it at all. My skin color, my culture, any of that is just... I would say that was one of the, from then on, you know, I mean, I, I had it in the back of my head that I was a different colored skin. Um, so that, this, that was, this yeah. probably brought it right to the forefront. Right. What do you say? And then what, uh, of course, like in high school, there's so many mental challenges, hurdles to, to jump through in the first place and let alone having to deal with that. What do you, do you think that was um, from that point on, it was kind of 
lodged or maybe like a mindset change to becoming much more aware and like attuned to like situations where people were giving you looks or you felt a little bit more uncomfortable or you were just more like consciously aware that people might have a problem with the fact that you were Indian? No, I wouldn't say in high school. I didn't have that issue. I mean, I would... Yeah, I wouldn't say high school was when it all started for me, truly. Gotcha. So, it was a stepping block, like you said. It was definitely a stepping block. Yeah, when did, do you remember a moment or a time where... Was was there an event where it kind of snapped into focus more? Yes, yes. Can you tell but me this was, It was in college, okay. so... Right, so I think you remember the night when uh, Osama bin Laden was killed. Yeah. Um, I remember, especially remember, you know, Obama saying a special, you know, mission was taken. And a mission happened, right, where um, Osama bin Laden was killed. Right? And I remember, I think what was interesting is our floor was celebrating. You could hear people were going crazy. And right, and I'm not saying anything bad about that. I'm just you know, observing. Observing. Remember, people were partying, right, chanting, USA, USA. And then we all run to Mirror Lake, and, you know, people were jumping in. And I just remember, you know, standing there and just wondering, you know, we're celebrating the death of someone. And and I know this is going to be controversial. I mean, I, I was not one of the family members that lost someone that day, right, 9-11. But I, I just, I guess I in the back of my head, I thought, you know, life is sacred, and you know, we're celebrating the death of someone. But that was my opinion. But I think truly when like it hit me was like the following day my dad went to work, right? And um you know, perspective my dad just clean cut, no beard, nothing like that. And so goes, it's probably one of the nicest people on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Hands it out. Except <laughs> when I was mischievous back in my day, he didn't like that. Yeah, you might have deserved it. Whatever. And I remember one of his colleagues comes up and was like, So what do you think about your friend being killed? And I was if I wasn't my dad, I would have flipped out. I mean, just like the nerve of someone to just say something that stupid. To walk up and say I just I mean it still pisses me off, right? Because like they're once again they're realizing, they're thinking that we associate with someone like that, that we think on the same level of that person, right? We think about destruction. We think about, you know, killing people. We think that we're better than others, right? And it's like, no, like, what is your, like, it's, it's like, what is going through your head to think that? And my dad, like, I mean, I get, you know, he was mad, but he took a second, took a deep breath, right? And just said, you know, I mean, think about oh, what you just your said. Your dad's a right? strong dude. Think about what you just said. Think about what your perspective. I am Indian. I'm not associated with radical people. Sure, my skin color is similar to them, but that does not mean my ideas are the same as them. My beliefs are not the same as those set people. Of course not. You guys are freaking Americans. You've been here for so long. I mean, I I don't think having to be an American means, I, I think it's, I guess like the, the point is human, like is, humans, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you're I think, humans that live here, you work with your dad every single day. It's hard to, to fathom a comment like that or, yeah. you know, 
it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around something like that. And the more I see it, it just infuriates me. And I couldn't even imagine being the the target of of that. Now that, that was just that was, that was an eye-opening moment, right? And I remember even so the day after Osama bin Laden was killed. And I, I don't know if this is my per, I mean, my perspective is this small, you know, looking through my two eyes, right? And what I hear, what I perceive. And for some reason, as I was walking, I just I just felt I was getting looks. That might have just been, you know, maybe I had something in my teeth. I don't know, but I just felt like. <laughs> I, I really, I felt you like. You know, I, was, I mean, it's not possible the way that we used to pig out on campus. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good times. Oh, five places. But, you know, I just, I just felt like I was getting looks, right? And I don't know, for a couple of days, I just felt that way, right? Just walking around and, and maybe it was just something in, in my head. I, I think that comment and then, I mean, the celebration the comments and then just me walking around really just started making me aware that I was just once again of a different color. And just to clarify too, we know that uh, Osama bin Laden created a, one of the greatest tragedies uh, definitely of our generation. It's not like we're supporting him in any way. No, not at all. I I, I remember. Yeah. I, I remember being there with you and it just felt kind of wrong and i think both of us it it was almost kind of injustice to the people that were victims of him for me to continue the celebration of death i guess and and then like the empowerment of people to then take it out on the the people around him, people like you in the university, of course, like, you know, I wasn't subject to it, but I hear about you and then from Omar and other people and the Arab community, they were starting to get some backlash, even though it's mm-hmm. like, hey, listen, man, we're Buckeyes, Ohio State's getting our degrees here in America. We're not Al-Qaeda, this crazy terrorist group. And I... It's it's just baffling how that connection was made, and then you know it's like like listen like I can't even I can't even put my my head around around it just because like I wasn't wasn't a part of it or wasn't a part of it it was kind of in the shadows until we talked about it later. Mm-hmm. And hearing your perspective, man, like how how were you feeling in that time? And I know it was hard, but like where where did your mind? It seems like now you're trying to, you're noticing people looking at you or it was in your head that people were looking to you. Either way, there was a mental shift towards more consciousness of your race instead of focusing on important things, you know. My daily walk to the class was about what I was going to do at class, not at why are all these people looking at me. So how how did that, like, affect you? Do you... Was there, like, anxiety there? Was there, like, what was kind of running through your head when when these thoughts were popping up? Yeah, there's anxiety. You know, I don't, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember any specific moments, but, I, I mean, I, I know the feeling was, you know, as you're walking down, right, you know, I don't know. Once again, this is my generalization now, 
uh, which is maybe not true, should not be generalized, but, you know, I'm changing that perspective still. Um, you, know, you walk by past a group of fraternity boys, Caucasian, right, slick back hair, wearing boat shoes, and wearing some chubbies, I guess. I guess that's what they do. Um, <laughs> I hate those shorts so much. They're the oh, worst. <laughs> sometimes just want, you know, sometimes walk by and you just wonder, are they going to throw a comment? Are they going to look at you? You know, sometimes you have those moments. Sometimes you're in classes and you realize, hey, am I the only colored person here? Um, I had those moments. And, you know, so I've had some of those moments in college, right? But I think that, I don't know, it just made me stronger for my background, accepting my background. Actually, not accepting, being proud of my background, being proud of where I came from, being proud of how my parents raised me and how my work ethic has changed. And knowing that I have the ability to think about other people's perspective, I think that was one thing I learned from college and I mean, partly from a lot of this. I think the famous line from To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, you don't know someone else's life until you, you know, step into their shoes and walk some distance. I'm sure I know it's a different line, but just <laughs> that perspective, right? I mean, uh-huh. and I, I think, you know, sure, I might have generalized what, you know, this fraternity boys were thinking, you know, maybe what they thought, but I think being proud of where I'm from, embracing my culture, right, and just having the ability to think about different perspectives made me appreciate the moment more, I would, which sounds weird, knowing, you know, I was called these names, right, maybe I was getting these looks, but it, it, it just, there was just the internal self-appreciation, I think that's, that's the way I would look at it, that's how I ended up generalizing it, or interpreting these situations via that. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like you took a definitely uh, positive spin on on this, which is, I don't know, it, it's really it's really good on you, and I respect you so much for taking kind of a a painful situation and making a positive one. Of course, that's your forte. You've always been able to do that. I'm super jealous of you because you. <laughs> I'm gonna die. But you have you have always been able to spin um spin it in a positive light no matter what the situation and i think i mean i think part of it also i mean it, once again it just comes by who did i surround myself with you know i surround myself with you tim you know cooper i don't know if you remember samantha uh-huh. um and my friend andrew justin Laji, right now I'm name dropping and dropping and we'll be on the podcast <laughs> recording. So I hope you guys are okay with that. I, I don't know. I, I mean, once again, I just surrounded myself with people that valued me for me, right? Valued me for my goofiness, valued me for my ideas. I mean, sure, maybe it was a different skin color, but I mean, I always brag that I would never get sunburned, right? <laughs> awesome. which I have yet to be sunburned, and I'm knocking on wood so that that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, and I I got burned pretty bad a couple times if you remember. So <laughs> I mean, maybe a little great. jealousy there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's what it was. Just surround. I just I find myself just surrounded by myself by people that. Sure, we may have differing opinions, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're still going to accept me for 
myself, right? And I'm going to accept them for who they are. Once again, perspective. I know this is kind of different subject a little bit, but as you were talking about more about, you know, things I've gone through, I start, I, I remind, remember airports. That was another thing. I've another location where I've, I felt anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we can elaborate on that if you want. If you have time. Um, yeah, we can but, do a little bit if you want. Yeah, I, one thing I remember is so nowadays every time I go to the airport, I feel um, I'm always anxious. Mainly, it's going into the security line. And I remember just being tense, you know, always being tense. You know, not that you don't see it per se, but um, I would. Rem- I remember. I always feel, you know, I have to put on a show, right? Show I'm not a good person just because of everything that's gone on, right? So that, that's kind of another time when I, I once again see that I'm once again of a different color and a different race, right? And when you say you, you put on a, a show, what does that mean? Um, you know, I'm, I'm polite. I'm, I, you know, I'd like to think I'm a pol- good guy, polite, right? I know I am. I, I hope, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you're pretty good. Okay, Don't cool. Worry. Good. Okay. Um, I, I think just, you know, being polite, right? Not trying to you know, cause any issues, right? You know, say if one of the officers says, security people say, hey, put your shoes here and there. I'll be like, yes, yes, sorry, sorry. I don't, and I don't know. I, I think I do that just because I, maybe they I have this bias, right? Maybe they do think of something of me, right? As I'm walking through, right? That I may have. Something, I mean, and, I, and I've been, I know my brother's been stopped before and he's had, he's been ra- randomly screened quotation marks in the air, right? <laughs> um, randomly screened. You know, I know my bags have been screened before randomly once again. I don't know. That maybe it's just once again about uh, just a thought I have. But, you know, just making sure I'm polite, making sure that, you know, my arms are behind my back, right? In the sense that, you know, chest forward, you know, I'm smiling, um, Hoods down. I'm wearing a hoodie just because, you know, I just I don't want them to think. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to think that I am someone that's going to commit something of a crime, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, because there's no possible way that you're going to commit a crime. You're like the nicest person. I'm going to commit just eating too many Skittles on the plane. <laughs> and letting like out Skittles. the occasional fart or two for the, right. uh, for the seat behind you. <laughs> crazy kids there. Oh yeah, that's just yeah. I was thinking about it, and I remember actually. So I remember our trip to Chicago, and so I thought about this a couple of days ago, right? The calmest I've been in the airport for a long time, and I, I'm not visibly like anxious. I'm not like sweating bullets or anything. You know, I'm just more conscious. I remember the one time I felt relaxed in the last year was actually in Chicago, where I was actually surrounded. Like the people, security guards were, black, you know, black. That was cool, right? And I remember I was joking with them too, right? <laughs> and they were yelling at people. It was pretty funny because this one girl, she just did not know how to act at the airport. She was like putting things in the wrong area. She like, like brought food. I'm like, dude, it says no water. Like, <laughs> And, and it was just funny, right? But I remember joking with it. I just felt calm then. And it, so, I, you know, I started thinking, you know, why was that? And it was just, I'm still thinking about it. It was just an interesting thought. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that too. Just thought that was pretty cool. Do you think you were 
it's because you're you're worried that you will get profiled. You think that's kind of where that anxiety stems from? Like, yep. Yep. You're fearful that that person is going to somehow negatively affect you. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. Everyone says, you know, don't worry about people's opinions, right? Don't think about it, right? And most, 90% of the time, I would say, nope, I don't. I mean, I'll hear it, might change me for a second, and then I'll be like, eh, it doesn't matter. But for some reason, that, just the profiling of that, in that sense, just because it's something I can't control, you know? Yeah. You know, sure, skin color, and, you know, some it was some somebody else that, that made this bias that they see, the stereotype that they see, and that is being affected on me. And that's, I think that's the interesting thing. That's what bothers me about it. Yeah. So. So it is. It's almost, I didn't ask for this. I didn't have a choice. This isn't some, and well, first of all, if you had a choice, you'd still do it again. I'm not saying that, but this was, this was the hand that you were dealt and then people were kind of coming after you because yeah. of the things that you were just given, like yeah. gifts that you were given. But people were putting you in a in a level and um, giving like almost ranking you. I'm trying to form the right words, like slotting you in different ways, just mm-hmm. based on like certain things like appearance instead of actually yeah. you. The Miracle man that cures cancer with one hand tied behind his back. I don't do that. No, but you bring up you bring up the, a point that I mean, my cases are I look at it as minor compared to what some people are going through. They just in this day and age, right? The whole humanitarian crisis in Syria, the whole I mean, just everything that's going in the latest. I mean, all this stuff, right? I, I can't imagine just living through that. Um, you know, I can't imagine being someone who from North India, right, who follows a different religion that where they wear, you know, turbans, and or someone from Iran, Iraq, or Afghanistan, you know, just follow Islam, right? I mean, I I can't imagine what they go through, and I, and I'm trying to learn, like you are doing, right? I try to learn, and I mean, it's it's just sad, right? And I hope we this bias and this, I, I don't know if it'll ever go just because it's hard to change people's perspective, ingrained perspectives. Um, but I, I mean, like, I, I, I truly just can't imagine what they're going through. And I'm sure, you know, I hope I don't have to go through it. I know that sounds selfish, but you know, I hope I never have to go through that, that I'm able to <laughs> get away from that. I um, mean, that's not selfish. That's just um, like no one, no one deserves that. No one deserves that. No one deserves that. Yeah, but I guess that that's the power of this podcast format is that um, yeah. I, I I have an excuse to really dive into areas that uh, a white kid from suburbia would never really get to, and I know it's made me a, a much stronger person. And you know, man, once again. I, I, I don't know if I could have the strength that you do, but I admire you so much for, once again, taking uh, something as hard as this. People 
have negative views to you just because of your appearance. Uh, I don't know how I would take that, but I really admire how you how you handle it, even in the the, the brief moment, brief glimpses that I get um, every once in a while. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man, and I I appreciate you taking the time as I like half stumble trip through all of my thoughts that are racing through my head about this issue because it it is a journey to to understand um and i'm so glad that i have friends like you to talk about it and really just put my thoughts out there and help decipher them i don't think i've ever actually had this conversation i mean aside from my parents nobody's ever cared to ask right which i appreciate what you're doing man i wish i hope more people do that keep saying perspective it's all about perspective i mean at the end of the day we're just humans right it's like it's just it's sad but it's awesome that people are trying to change and hopefully this is a platform that people use such as yourself you're changing your perspective so once again i think it's really cool what you're doing well i i think um definitely for everyone listening out there this is uh the main takeaway is just it, it's empathy. If the more perspectives that you can gain, uh, the more that you start to realize how not only how th- how things are working from both sides, but it's just a it's a much better way to carry out your life and the relationships that you you start to form and connections with people are just priceless. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the show um, and sharing your views. I know that you know so, sometimes it's not the not the easiest thing to talk about, but you've always been so open to all of my questions, and I really appreciate you. That's a good thing, though. It's a very good thing. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Thanks again. I will talk to you soon. Yep, you too. All right, see ya. Peace. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been another episode of Oyster World Radio, a production of Oyster World LLC. I am your host, Nathan Lieberman. And special thanks to Tryu Patel for coming on the air. You the man. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to the Oyster Hub at OysterYourWorld.com and check out what we're up to. If you want to connect, don't be afraid to reach out. Follow and tweet at Nathan Oyster. Find us on Facebook by searching Oyster World. And don't forget to look out for those meat needs. Rumor has it we're expanding. Shout out to Chicago, New York City, and Austin. We'll see you soon. Special thanks to Charlie Milken, who has been such a great supporter of the show, and for supplying this podcast end of the show dance party. Check him out on Spotify or at charliemilken.com. The last name is M-I-L-L-I-K-I-N. Thanks again for tuning in to Oyster World Radio. It is all of you that are making this world a better place. This is Nathan Lieberman signing off. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we get into this last part, I just want to clarify something. This is supposed to be a dance party. So no more of this just sitting around for the last part. Because as you get your groove on to this last segment, people tuning in from all over the world are getting down with you. How freaking cool is that? So don't just sit there. Join the party. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Get up and shake something. Celebrate humanity and your right to dance. Even if it's just that shoulder shuffle while you're in the car. All right. Everybody ready? I know you got it in you. Don't let me down. Okay, Charlie, hit it. I can't take control of my life. If I'm too busy.
busy looking at the stars and thinking about our time that's gone by. It's time for a change in my day. 